Right, I think we can kick off. So my name is uh, Hassan Osmani. Thank you for uh, coming this afternoon to attend the session. I'm the Global Sales Enablement Lead for Migration AWS Marketplace. Before we actually kick off the session, I just wanted to gauge the audience and understand by a show of hands, how many of you have heard of or have perhaps used Marketplace in the past? Quick show of hands, thank you. And then just a, a quick follow-up question. How many of you would have considered or have used Marketplace in the context of cloud migration? Okay, so a few people, that's great. Okay, so as the title says, we're gonna focus on uh, the path to a successful cloud migration and I'll talk to you a little bit about how Marketplace is helping our customers do that. I've also got on stage with me two of our uh, partners, uh, QTS and Optiv, they're gonna come and talk to you about how their businesses are transforming with Marketplace and enabling their customers to migrate to the cloud. So just go through the agenda really quickly. Um, going to start off with talking about the overall message of um, in, in enabling accelerated migration. Um, then talk a little bit about what opportunity that presents to our ISVs that are listed on Marketplace as well as our, some of our partners, our channel partners, and how the, can, they can take advantage of that. Um, to then demonstrate the value of that, we'll get Optiv on stage, as I mentioned, then QTS, and I will do a quick uh, takeaway. Because I've got three presenters uh, with me on the stage today, there is no time for Q&A, but all three of us will be downstairs and then we can take, happily take any questions. You know, we'll be here as long as you want us to. So let's get started. So um, let's look at marketplace enabling accelerated migration. So um, not a lot of people are familiar with this sort of concept, but we've been working with our internal teams and our customers to help them on migration journey uh, from a marketplace perspective specifically. Um, this is the typical customer journey that we use at AWS. This is the uh, cloud uh, our cloud uh, journey. And I'm not sure whether you guys have seen this before, but in some other presentation, you must have seen the different stages. And effectively, these are the stages of, of adoption that we see our enterprise customers uh, typically going through when they embrace the cloud journey. And everybody's journey or the duration of the time frame is a little bit different. You know, people would start with projects. Uh, this is where they're evaluating AWS writing some of our solutions, doing proof of concept, albeit by themselves, or they would get one of our partners to come in and do that for themselves. When they get a little bit comfortable, they will start to lay down some of the foundations and foundational elements, some of the foundational investments. And this is where they're seriously taking cloud into the equation of their infrastructure um, kind of uh, player. Now, in the foundation stage, they will make enough sort of investments to have some of the expertise that, again, they would have those expertise either in-house or they will get one of our partners to then deliver that. And obviously from that point onwards, it's about business critical application migration into the cloud. It's about potentially looking at what are some of your compelling reasons. Maybe you want to get out of a data center, maybe you want to launch some, a new service altogether, maybe you have a digital transformation initiative that you want to do. And then at that point, what we generally see that there is enough um, expertise and there's enough executive buy-in and people start to seek the benefits of the cloud that they start to make really big steps, which is closing down their data centers, retiring their tech debt. And if they're a, a sort of like a more up and coming company, they will typically want to have a tech debt to retire and they will start going into what we call the optimization or reinvention phase, which is where they're launching every initiative as cloud first. So this is a bit of a journey. A typical enterprise with a lot of tech debt might take a little longer to get to that stage than someone who's not got that sort of uh, tech debt. So why am, I, why am I showing you this slide? The purpose of showing you this slide is to say that for each of these stages, uh, typically 
what's being dealt with is an application. So whether you're at project stage or foundation stage or even at, at reinvention stage, you are dealing with an application, right? And what we typically see with our customers is that when they look at application, they see it as a collection of other tools that have come together, homegrown applications that they've written that they want to migrate. And in a lot of the cases, they, they're only, the initial business cases are only looking at this big application. What we then tend to find is, as you go into a detailed analysis of, oh yes, I've got a business case now for the cloud. Now, if I take an application, say application X for uh, my HR, and I want to start uh, migrating that first, you lift the lid effectively, and you see that your application actually is a set of complex enterprise ecosystem apps that are supporting this. And then you get to the grasp of, or you get to grasp with the reality of that, and then you start to define effectively, now what do I do with these complex set of applications? And again, typically what we see, and you will see this in a lot of blog posts and other material, we typically see our customers then embarking on a journey of what do I do with these applications? Typically the six R's. The sixth R, which is refactor, I've purposely left out because um, there's a lot of information that I didn't want you to get kind of bogged down into that. So typically you would either retain that application, retire that application, refactor it, re-platform it, re-architect it. Those are some of the common principles we see in terms of application migration. And therein lies some of the, the delays and the complex, complexities that arise from cloud migration. So what does Marketplace kind of do to help you? I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but let's, let's go back to the previous site for a, for a minute and assume that we're in the project stage and then we fast forward back to our slide again. Uh, one of the approaches you can take is refactoring. So you've got a, either a new initiative in the business, you haven't gone to the cloud, or you've done minimal effort or minimal projects in the cloud. You pick this big initiative, you take it straight to the cloud, you design it completely cloud native, or you get a partner in, or a tiger team, or tra train a couple of people, they go and develop that. And then, yes, you've got to the cloud. It kind of becomes a silo of itself, right? Because you've now got an application which sits out there, has no connection to any of your enterprise infrastructure, all of your service delivery methodologies, and it kind of becomes a little bit of a pain to try and then cross-certify back into the organization. That's, uh, that's one side of the extreme paradigm. The other side could be is you say to yourself that actually, you know what, I'm gonna do this right, perhaps. I'm gonna start tackling all of these infrastructure um, supporting applications. I'm gonna go and re-architect all of them in the cloud. So I'm gonna go all cloud native. I'm gonna get rid of all the IPS ideas, go, go security groups and I'm gonna follow the pattern until I've got a ready state in AWS, and then I'll migrate my application. And that's a, that's a valid approach, but what we do see in that approach is people have project myopia a little bit. They forget about this big yellow square, and they start concentrating on these little squares all around it. And they realize that the objective, the, the, the real objective of doing this exercise was to get to the cloud as fast as it could. So 18 months down the line, you're still figuring out what your target operating model should be. So is there a common ground here? And this is what Marketplace kind of brings together. So what we're advocating is that if your cloud initiative is to, sorry, if your internal initiative is to get to the cloud first, then there is a sort of like a middle ground in between all this, which is a lot of these vendors that you're currently using in your enterprise application ecosystem today have gone and done a lot of work with us and integrated their applications with AWS. So it's about, almost a balancing act where you see that, okay, I wanna take this to the cloud, 
of these applications that are supporting my bigger business application, how many of those do I take to the cloud with it as it lift and shift, for instance, and then decide the fate of, fate of the application 18 months down the line. You've got the agility, you've got all the benefits of the cloud by taking it there, and then you optimize. And when you optimize, this is truly when you start to get those benefits. So it's about kind of looking at it from a different perspective to say, do I really need to reinvent everything due to go to the cloud, or can I go to the cloud, achieve my objectives, take some of these applications, and over time as I move up the, uh, the sort of like the adoption framework, I uh, decide what do I do with those applications, right? And that is probably an easier sell internally within the organization as well, because some of these applications are cross-certified with your InfoSec policies, they are cross-certified, or they are already onboarded on some of your IT operations procedures that you've got, and it kind of gives you that natural way of taking, uh, quickly getting to the cloud, really. So outside of this approach, and this is quite a, uh, sorry, I'm gonna go back to that. It's quite a detailed approach. It requires you to understand what your application portfolio currently is. It requires you to map it across AWS Marketplace so that you can say, okay, of all these applications that I run today, X of those applications are available from Marketplace. So if I just want to do a quick test to say, okay, I want to take this application, I want to see how it runs in AWS with the entire ecosystem, you don't have to completely make a massive investment. You can go and quickly test it out of Marketplace on an on-demand basis and prove your business case for the cloud. Now, outside of this, this, this activity we do, and we do it for a number of our enterprise uh, customers today, there is also a plethora of tools that are available that help you actually migrate. So again, this is going back to some of our foundational learnings we've had at AWS after doing a number of enterprise migrations to say, what categories do we see in terms of discovery and migration and business cases that people um, use as they're doing migration? So we see a lot of people do pre-migration activities with uh, looking at the current inventory, and we've got a number of tools that help you with that. Then we typically see a preliminary business case being done for the cloud, and again, we've got a number of tools that help you with that. Once that's approved, people start to typically then start doing um, more of a deeper dependency analysis and then making sure they understand all their assets and how does that then tie into what the real cost would be on AWS with the, some of our instances. We've got tools for that. And again, when you've got the output, you want to then have some sort of a tool that does lifts and shift that I talked about earlier on. And tools like you know, Cloud Endor and uh, other tools like um, Etadata would help plug in with tools like Risk and Cloudomize, for instance, to migrate your environment. And then obviously, in some cases, people also want to validate um, using application performance management tools to say whether the performance and other characteristics of the application attributes are the same in the cloud. We've got tools for that. So I wanted to kind of take the time today to show you a different way of uh, A, migrating to the cloud, and also the, all the tools that are available all the help that's available through Marketplace. We, we, we tend to see this again and again, that customers are looking at cloud migration, and they're typically approaching it in the traditional data center sense. They're not really taking the full advantage of the tools that are available. I mean, some of these tools are pretty plug-and-play, agent-less, and can discover your environment within a matter of hours to give you a, a general understanding and create a business case. Some of the migration tools, uh, if you compare it to the cost of a man-hour of engineering doing migrations, are just, you know, there is no comparison at all. So uh, the, the, the purpose of kind of having this conversation with you is for you to think about cloud migration in a different way. A, don't get bogged down into it, and B, use the tools to make your life easy. So at, at this point, um, I'm going to um, talk a little bit about 
what opportunity this presents to our, um, any of our channel partners that might be in the room. So this is some data that I got from IDC that overall software spend by 2020 is gonna be about 569 billion. And of that, the indirect channel share would be around 292 billion. So why should the channel partners care about this? And here's a very simple example. When you take the approach that I mentioned before, which is mapping out the infrastructure and creating a target operating model in AWS, the channel partner who's just a cloud consulting partner all of a sudden becomes this partner that's seen in the light by the customer as someone that can actually do an end-to-end -end solution. I see often that a lot of our cloud consulting partners do not have the seat on the table to talk about some of the infrastructure tool the customer is buying. That's somebody else, some security specialist or a networking specialist. So that, this kind of gives you this opportunity to go and expand your footprint in the account. 50% uh, of these workloads, as I mentioned, will be moved to the cloud. I've already covered that. Um, and that presents 146 billion worth of software channel opportunities. So if you weren't excited, I think you'd be excited by that. Now, in terms of the ISVs, uh, there's also a takeaway for the ISVs here, which is if you look at the ISV business model today, it's transforming. So you've got your traditional ISVs are either embracing SaaS or they're enabling their products to become cloud uh, almost say ready. And what Marketplace does is kind of provides that, that, that bridge in between to say, if you're not quite SaaS ready yet, we give you the ability to deploy your software into the cloud and have your software available for sale in the cloud ready manner. So on demand and all the different business models. And again, according to Gartner, not me, if by 2020 there won't be anything such as no cloud policy as there is no internet policy today, then obviously it presents a massive opportunity for our ISVs today to transform their businesses. And as you can see, more than 30% of the 100 largest vendors will make investments uh, as cloud first only. And we're seeing that, we're seeing that shift today, but what about all the other guys who are not there yet? Marketplace gives you the opportunity to, for minimal engineering, bring your products across as you move to, as you move to the SaaS model. So, so with that, um, I'd like, Optif to join me on stage, and they're a traditional um, security reseller, and they'll tell you how they're transforming their business. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you. Hey, folks. Thank you. So I'm uh, Sean Catlett. I represent uh, Optiv. I'm the Senior Vice President of Emerging Services, which represents our uh, cloud, next generation orchestration, automation, um, big data, data science capabilities. So a little bit about Optiv and what we kind of see uh, relative to what Hassan just walked through. So for, for us, our, our transformation is, is immediate. We have to uh, really transform the way that we sell and deliver solutions to clients to ensure that we can match their demands as far as speed to market. Uh, we feel that uh, Marketplace and AWS provide us a great opportunity to do that. And just a little bit about us um, and, and you know why I'm, I'm up here. So you know we are, a key partner in a lot of our, our clients as they, as they take the cloud journey and really trying to understand, you know, what are their kind of use cases as they go to the cloud? Uh, how do we secure those both at, at varying stages of maturity and really uh, ensuring that uh, as we take our capabilities uh, that we deliver for clients each day uh, from a security consulting, architecture, and others, that we're actually meeting the client demand and, and transforming those, and we'll walk through how we do that. So. You know, our, our focus today, uh, Fortune 2000, um, I think the, the stats that I've heard on a, on a given month, um, we have, a, I guess, you know, 750 out of the top uh, Fortune 1000 uh, are touched by some of our sales reps, so a very large channel for security. 
uh, large degree of expertise across uh, most of the, this, any of the software titles that you guys are, are familiar with, um, and, uh, and some you're probably not, and uh, well over 12,000 clients, so a very large um, uh, set of uh, capabilities across uh, the U.S. So as you break that down and kind of double click into what we do, uh, as we sell these products, uh, we have a, a sense and size and scale that's, that's really unmatched in the marketplace. What that enables us to do is really scale up our services and our sale uh, into solutions that, uh, from our perspective, uh, give us a, a, an edge in being able to deliver and, and kind of anticipate you know, where, our, where our clients are going with regards to security uh, and security spend. So, you know, we have a, a huge amount of expertise. Um, when you look at the cybersecurity experts, that spans from uh, identity and access management through to our um, incident response, you know, breach response, um, architects, uh, analysts from an MSS perspective, very large and deep um, uh, set of capabilities, which we then bring through, uh, through to how we help our clients with their solutions. Uh, as we said, largest security solutions reseller in North America. Uh, you know, for most of our partners, uh, so most of the security vendors you're familiar with, uh, in most cases, if we're not the number one, we're very close uh, for uh, as you know they're they're the top uh, of their uh, channel, and uh, we are really focused around kind of a white glove um, kind of direct uh, approach, and so we have our, our folks in you know all over the U.S. that are directly interacting with uh, very senior leadership as they go on these journeys, and from a product perspective. You know, each of these kind of breaks down. We'll talk through the transformation that we're we're undergoing. So, as the largest solutions provider, you know, we've already seen and are are transforming our business to make sure that we have the ability to both sell the BYOL, you know, bring your own license capabilities in the client's demand for enterprise, as well as selling, you know, quickly through marketplace. And this enables our sellers to, uh, as we said, work at the at the pace of business, uh, focused around agility. Uh, and from a perspective of our clients, they, they should see that as, as relatively seamless uh, with regards to how we go to market. For our assessment-based consulting, in traditional sense, this would be things like you know, maybe a, a NIST gap analysis, um, other things from a, a, a you know, governance and risk and compliance or uh, any sort of uh, you know, gap assessment. We're really focused around making sure that we have strategic alignment of the customer controls to their cloud deployments. So as they look at, um, and we'll talk through in a second, kind of the maturity curve that matches very well with what Hassan had put up there, we have customers who have you know, decided and determined a path and then kind of taken a step back and said, okay, I've, I've already gone, now where do, I, where do I take a step back and take a look at maybe how I go bigger, right, um, from, from an initial uh, attempt. Uh, and we just want to make sure that we're, we have the expertise to, to guide them and show uh, from a gap assessment perspective that we know, you know where they should go and what their gaps are and how they fill them uh, in a very efficient manner. From an architecture perspective, we're really focused around delivering uh, use case-based cloud reference architectures. So that's a lot. I'll unpack that a bit. But really, as we look at, uh, there's a number of things that customers can do to secure themselves in the cloud, you know, from native uh, to uh, BYOL solutions. And the challenge is, how do we set uh, a focus around the layers, as you saw in, in uh, what, what Hassan had put up there? I think uh, in, the, in the list, there were eight out of the maybe 16 that were very specific security controls that are required for you to deliver a secure solution in the cloud. 
And so for us to be able to look at each of those and help clients to make a choice of which products at the right time based on what they're putting into the cloud and do that on a use case basis. So whether that's messaging, identity, um, maybe it's a, just a three-tier web architecture. We want to make sure that we're looking at the use case, what they're trying to do in the cloud, and then looking at a shared responsibilities model and build up a set of architectural um, uh, choices that they can make up front. Uh, and then, you know, from the solutions implementation perspective, you know, for our perspective, we want to be able to automate or help to um, speed that implementation and do those implementations for clients. So really a focus around making sure that we have the skills and uh, the backstop to uh, help our uh, folks who have tremendous amount of experience in the kind of, you know, traditional on-prem security delivery of these controls to be able to do that same uh, level of fidelity for their implementations in the cloud. And then finally, kind of the catch-all security consulting. This includes our, you know, breach simulation, penetration testing, IR, you know, ensuring that those same capabilities translate to the cloud, using cloud-native solutions in the cloud to be able to uh, advance uh, a practice around whether it be penetration testing or things like incident response and response preparedness. So what does it matter? Um, I think when we look at, you know, from our perspective with our clients, um, we've seen a definite shift, you know, continuity, Availability of business, the ability to scale, the ability to uh, maintain, uh, you know, the cloud workloads and presence, you know, securely, that, that's still uh, unparalleled uh, and really hasn't changed much. But what we see is the drive now for clients, you know, going from 2016 to 2017, a real focus on the flexibility and scalability as the things that they're asking for for us and less of a focus around, you know, the, the traditional kind of cost reduction metrics that, that you've seen. And I think most of that is not due to customers don't care about cost. That's not the case. It's the fact that when you look at the importance of what the agility means to their business and being able, from our perspective, to be a part of that story of revenue generation because we're doing something securely and they have the confidence to put those workloads in the cloud, that's where really, really feel like we can be a differentiator for our clients. So this kind of gives you a map um, very much as, as Hassan had kind of showed uh, earlier. This is our, our take on that. Um, and, uh, and I think it, it maps really well, right? You have the, the ad hoc program. Uh, these are, um, in most cases, what we find where uh, whether the security team was engaged or not, cloud workloads have gone to the cloud. Uh, and they've done that either in experimentation or on a smaller subset of really where they want to go for the future. As they then expand either the use case or they expand the utility of what they're doing, they learn that there are some things that maybe they left behind or that we want to kind of pick up the pieces and take a look at. And that's really where we get engaged. And a great entry point for us is around the cloud strategy assessment. And so this is the ability for us to come in using some of our, um, you know, the, the design patterns we have as well as our advanced um, architects and their experience to really look at the gaps um, that maybe the client has either created or maybe with a lack of knowledge of to the steps that they need to take to secure their, their workloads effectively, we're able to help them identify those gaps and then quickly remediate those so that they feel more secure with their, their solution. As we said, you know, as they determine the architecture, a real focus around you know, the reference architectures. And this is those use case based uh, capabilities you know, before implementation. And this is just the strategic choices you need to make. So it may be intrusion detection and choosing between uh, cloud native or licensed solutions. It may be a scanner for vulnerability management. Uh, it may be an identity and access management solution or, or CASB, right? Those choices that you make have long-term lasting impact for the use case you're trying to develop. And so for us to be able to provide patterns, repeatable um, you know, architectural choices that a client can make that can ease their transition, you know, that's a big part of what we do. 
And then finally, um, as do these, uh, these solutions are implemented, being a part of that implementation, and then for us looking at, you know, look at the, this from a cloud um, breach simulation, which is kind of an advancement of traditional pen testing and some of the uh, simulation activity that you would do, kind of red team, blue team, make sure that you can operate the same fidelity in the cloud that you can on-prem, and then look at a, a very risk-based and kind of data-centric approach. Um, I think that's one of the, the key challenges to this entire space is how clients look at the data first, application second, and then cloud as the final kind of piece in the puzzle from a security perspective. And we, we want to be able to take them along that journey and make sure that ultimately we're business aligned, which is about agility. So last piece, you know, from our perspective, what we see in the marketplace, and you'll see uh, if you walk the floor here and talk to a number of folks, um, we absolutely... Uh, see a number of products and very uh, uh, advanced capabilities that are already being delivered in the, in the cloud. And we, we have to be able to deliver those for our clients for us to be successful. And these are already cloud-ready solutions. They're available in Marketplace. There's speed to market there, as Hassan said, to maybe test an environment, test one of our reference architectures relative to that on a utility-based perspective. So we, we definitely see that security may be one of the most significant opportunities you know, for Marketplace. And last, you know, security absolutely can be an enabler for cloud adoption. And AWS Marketplace, you know, if, if security is about creating confidence, and confidence means that people will, you know, migrate more to the cloud, we feel that security is a great part of that story. So, thank you very much. I'll come along, I'll introduce you. Thank you, Sean. We're super excited by um, Optiv working with us and transforming the way they do business today. Um, on the same theme of uh, transforming the way uh, our channel is doing business and marketplace, I want to get Chris Ortbals to the stage and talk a little bit about what QTS is doing. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Great. Great. Thank you, Hassan. Appreciate the kind introduction and for the time to be on stage here. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Chris Ortbals with QTS Data Centers. Need to advance the slide there. Um, so before we jump into QTS CloudRamp, QTS CloudRamp is an offering we've recently launched in the AWS marketplace. It fits very well into what Hassan was talking about, an enabler for migration of those workloads into the public cloud. But first and foremost, I want to spend just a few minutes talking about QTS, who we are, and where we play in the market today. So QTS is a leading provider of integrated data center and managed cloud solutions, operating 25 data centers globally, with a focus on high-touch customer experience and hybrid cloud enablement. As you can see up here, we've been a long-standing partner of AWS. We're in the AWS Partner Network as an advanced consulting partner. We're gonna to talk today around a strategic partnership that we formed with AWS around co-location, around the offering of CloudRamp as we get into that in a few minutes. We are an AWS Direct Connect provider out of our data centers today. This is a key enabler for customers moving workloads to the cloud, they need that connectivity, that secure access to move that data to, and migrate and operate those workloads seamlessly. We have over, across our employee base, we have over 250 plus certifications. That number continues to go up across our engineers and technical operations staff as we continue to get more and more mature within AWS. And that's a great lead into an offering we already have out in the market, a managed AWS offering to provide customers that expertise once they've moved or as they're moving into AWS overall. Uh, to take a step back and think about QTS overall, we really have three core sets of offerings. Since our origins, we've always been focused on the data center market. 
We, have, we, we deploy large-scale enterprise data centers and also data centers for the hyperscale providers around the industry as well. We provide enterprise co-location and data center connectivity services out of our data centers, as well as provide a full uh, set of managed services, cloud and hosting capabilities, which is where the managed AWS offering fits in today. As a company, QTS was founded in 2003, supports about 1,200 customers with about 800 QTSers. I'm proud to be part of that team, leading our product management and marketing teams at QTS. So let's jump into a little bit of our own evolution as we moved into this journey of enabling workloads and migration through the AWS marketplace and, and QTS as a pivot as a company themselves. So first and foremost, we had to put, reposition ourselves as a company. Founded in 2003, the cloud was just beginning. At this point, many of the workloads were very data center centric. Transitions were happening in that regard, but more and more of those discussions became cloud first in terms of the questions we had from customers and the support they needed in that migration and evolution to the cloud. So we repositioned ourselves with a number of key things here that I'll touch on. First and foremost, we already mentioned our managed AWS offering. Our customers and prospects were coming to us saying, how do you help me get into AWS in terms of either workload conversion or managing those environments after the fact? That's uh, an approach we've had out in the market and has been very successful with helping customers on that journey. Now, one of the most important questions that we get, especially from our co-location prospect-based, is how do I connect to the cloud? I've got workloads on-premise. I've got workloads in another data center. I need that connectivity into AWS. I need connectivity into that cloud ecosystem. So we put significant investments into that cloud connectivity approach because that's such a key component of that solution and why we have the partnership around Direct Connect today. We also took a step back and said, we have a wide array of services. And so an orchestration platform and automation and integration is absolutely key to provide a unified experience for those customers. So we built over the past couple of years, a software defined data center architecture that is enabled to bring workloads to the cloud and manage those in a seamless manner. And we'll touch on those in just a few minutes. I mentioned earlier hyperscale. Well, hyperscale for us is we've been providing hyperscale data center services to customers for many years. We've been building our new data center architectures to match the scale and growth that the hyperscale market needs. And that also plays into our geographic reach. We've built and continue to invest in data centers in the top key markets where hyperscale and our customers and prospects are looking for workloads to be for proximity, for connectivity, any number of reasons as they continue to move their workloads to the public cloud and need to run in a, in a hybrid manner. All of this is wrapped together though around a consultative journey. We are not a DIY shop. We are fully consultative from sales to implementation for the customers. That's especially pertinent when you think about managed AWS or that connectivity overall. That's really the genesis of what we're gonna talk about here today with CloudRamp. CloudRamp built upon many of these capabilities that we had and working with AWS and many others, identifying those needs those customers had across this set of components. The second thing we had to look at was disruption in the traditional IT buying models. If you think about the IT buying model for co-location, a core service for QTS today, and it has been for many years, this is an industry that largely hasn't changed when you think about the consumption model for probably a decade or two. However, on the other side, you look at 
how the infrastructure as a service in the public cloud market and companies such as AWS have completely transformed how you can consume your IT assets. In a matter of minutes, you can have an environment up and running for test dev, production, whatever it might be. There is an expectation that you need services in a rapid fashion, that you're not locked into solutions, and that it is rapidly available. And today, in a traditional solution, that process takes several months. Manual contracting, manual provisioning, capacity built at time of order, provisioning done at time of order, go live can take several weeks. With CloudRamp and what we developed as a need we saw in the market was a shift to, I need cloud-like capabilities for the entire migration set of what I'm dealing with. I know I can bring my assets up and my infrastructure up in AWS rapidly, but on the flip side, I don't wanna have it take several months to handle the rest of my IT architecture or non-cloud native or cloud-ready applications. That's where CloudRamp was built with provisioning and availability in a matter of days. That contract and order process all the way to provisioning can happen in a matter of minutes with availability now on the marketplace. And as I like to say, customers can move their infrastructure in as quick as they possibly can. So in a matter of days, as quick as they can ship infrastructure to us, they can have that hybrid or migrating workload set of utilization and resources online and ready to go. A complete disruption of the traditional side of the IT buying market to align to a very cloud-like experience. So that's where we'd like to introduce and talk about QTS CloudRamp. What we like to say is cloud-ready co-location on demand. It comes with all the common tenants that anybody who's familiar with co-location might need. All the security, the power, the redundancy, the break-fix, high-touch services to get the service up and running, but fully integrated, automated with AWS Direct Connect, enable and online in a matter of minutes. This is very critical for customers, whether they're working on very transient workloads that need to be in the, in the data center for just a few months while they're doing workload migrations to customers who might pick up some of the higher tiers of service where they need longer term remote access options and high touch service around the environment where they're gonna run workloads that just like Hassan touched on that aren't quite ready, aren't cloud, cloud native just yet, that need to operate somewhere in close proximity of that direct access into AWS so they can operate those seamlessly. So we're very excited about this in terms of it's an enabler for bringing hybrid cloud workloads and solves a use case for a customer who's cloud ready, ready to take that initiative, but still has a transition phase in place. The last piece to mention here is this is provided to customers through the AWS marketplace on month to month term. There's no lock in, there's no long term commitment that comes with it. It is very cloud like in nature, uh, which matches again the experience they're seeing when buying AWS services. So we've talked a lot about everything being on-demand and automated and all the automated provisioning. It's not just about that when you think about the customer experience. I mentioned earlier our orchestration platform. It's also the cloud has given access to the data, the availability of information, performance monitoring and analytics in a real-time fashion. With our investments in a software-defined data center architecture, we provided a similar experience across CloudRamp to enable customers to have that same experience. So whether it's analytics, remote configuration or management, visibility around the environment, whether on a desktop, a laptop, an iPad, a phone, all that control is available, automated, on demand, and real time. A single operational view. So if you take a step back and think about this, it's base level analytics around how is my data center doing? Who's accessing those facilities? How are my power, my sensor, my utilization, the health of my environment? 
being able to programmatically access that, integrate it into your back office systems, or, or vi view it online, is available real time and automated through this environment. It can also extend all the way up through the full managed AWS environment. So the assets and utilization that's been provisioned into AWS is also available through that to give the customer an end-to-end -end view of a hybrid workload, a workload that's in transition from one environment to the next. So a very seamless experience. I wanted to close on a great case study of a, a joint customer between QTS and AWS in Mobi. In Mobi is a VC-backed startup uh, in the mobile ad industry, competes with household names such as Google and Facebook for their services uh, today. They had a major event uh, within, their, within their company of a divestiture from their parent company. This led to several challenges for them that we'll talk about here shortly. But the key point is they also had a cloud-first mandate they wanted to maintain. So you hear about that a lot. I have a cloud-first mandate. I want to move everything I can to the public cloud. They wanted to retain that in transition. But this event posed several challenges for the customer. First and foremost, that event required them to move those assets out of the data center in a matter of weeks. Secondly, the resources to accomplish that were now gone due to this parent company divestiture. Third, they still had legacy and traditional IT systems in their stack, not quite ready for the cloud environment. And then last, they wanted to maintain that cloud-first mandate, even with all this transition in place. So that first phase that we devised the solution on with Inmobi was, let's take care of the blocking and tackling. Let's get the data center assets moved into QTS. Let's keep their business continuity and uptime running. But then really the key phase came in in that second phase, which is, consulting with the customer, going back to that consultative nature, looking at what workloads are ready, just like Hassan was touching on earlier, are ready for AWS, which workloads are not. Still need recoding, refactoring, whatever it might be to get that environment running. But that's where AWS Direct Connect came in place. Being able to operate those services seamlessly between both environments was absolutely critical for the customer. That third phase is where the migration was complete. Now we're managing the environment for the customer up in AWS, full-time 24 by seven support, and we're also continuing to work with them on any remaining evolution of workloads and applications out in the environment. So I will close with that. I do wanna comment and thank the AWS Marketplace team. It's been an absolutely amazing partnership with them in developing and going to market with this. We jointly saw a need in the market for customers who were working to move to the cloud, but at the same time had these common challenges of traditional solutions that needed to go on an evolution and move to the cloud and needed a solution such as CloudRamp to help get them through that journey. So, San, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we're super excited to work with you guys as well. Anything we can do to help our customers migrate and be customer-centric, that's our, that's our goal at AWS. So um, I want to, after you hearing all of this, I want to close on three key takeaways. If everybody was walk out, was to walk out of the room after this session, what were the takeaways? So for our customers in the room, um, I want to kind of step up, take a step back and, and, and maybe ask you to think about what your cloud initiative is all about. If it is to get to the cloud, then you, you want to pick your battles when you're doing migration. And you don't want to overly engineer stuff. 
get to the cloud first. That was always the mandate. Stick to the mandate. That will give you dividends in the long term. For, um, for kind of understanding what you do with your third-party products, I would say leverage the third-party products to accelerate your migration. All these ISVs are uh, continuously writing integration into AWS. And it kind of makes no sense to not take advantage of that. So be mindful that when you're innovating, AWS innovating, these people are also working with us on a regular basis to be better integrated with AWS. So to, to make use of that, because you've already got investment in that area. Now for the channel partner, partners and ISVs, I would say capitalize on this opportunity that cloud is bringing you uh, and use marketplace as the channel to get access to that. Whether you're an ISV transitioning your business or a channel partner that wants to kind of become the all-in partner for that customer. Marketplace gives you that opportunity to do that, to do that today. So if you haven't already done so, engage with our uh, teams which are out in the field, whether you're an ISV, a partner, or a customer, we're happy to, to help you with that, with that journey. Now, um, as I said, I haven't got time for Q&A, but my details are up there. I'm gonna be down here. If you guys have any questions, Chris will be available, uh, and so is Sean. So with that, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for attending the session.